What's happening, everybody? It's John, a cut above horror review, episode number 50. We are talking about a brand new movie from Ty West. Yeah, that guy's awesome. We're talking about a movie called X. Definitely not one for the kids. So uh, kick back, relax, enjoy episode 50, a cut above horror review. X, Ty West. It starts right about, oh, no. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film X from 2022. But first, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, it's Hydra Berg. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> I was hope I was so hoping you were going to do that. Thank you for following through. <laughs> How <laughs> you doing, on? I'm good. I'm good. Got my Jeep back. My AJ. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I'm rocking the Jeep again. You seemed so. you seemed a little lost and aimless in life without one. <laughs> I felt like a little like, oh, am I gonna ever get behind the, the wheel of a Jeep again? Who knows? But I found one. It's yeah. very similar to the other one. Awesome. So. What's it been like a month or six weeks or two so months? Since... I, okay. I I I actually just want to give a shout out. I have two really good friends that lent me their Mercedes for almost two months, and a nice Mercedes too at that. So, um, I just I. I have a pretty high caliber of friends, I guess. <laughs> like they, they trust me with their car and I appreciate them tremendously. And I just want to shout them out, Raven and Nikki. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was really nice of them to let you use their car. Yeah, I didn't have to I spend mean, money on a rental. Yeah, life would have been either very difficult or very expensive for you without, yeah. without something to hold you over. Well, good. I'm glad you got yourself a new baby. <laughs> mm, I did. Next up, it's John. Hello, Jacqueline. And, <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> uh, you obviously did get the memo of wearing a tank top today. I yeah. know. I'm because sorry. it's the gun show and Heidelberg, what's happening? Uh, we're showing sure. our guns. Here we go. Yeah, it's guns. Come on. I'll just roll up my sleeves here. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice gun. Wow. Thank you. All right. I'm putting on it comes from hefting these heavy children around all the time. Just like schlepping toddlers all day. Well, I'm going to go put on a regular shirt because you put us both to shame. John, we might have to get like the uh, the the host of uh, a cut above like swimsuit calendar going. Oh, my God. It's going to be all Jacqueline. That's that's what what the people want to see. Yeah, it's all Jacqueline. It's just her her guns going like. You can't spell Jacqueline without Jack. I I am jacked. Yeah. Uh, In general, I think the level of hotness on this show is well above average. So I'm sure the people would appreciate the full trio within the calendar. Oh, yeah. John's looking sexy. You guys are hot. What? Yeah. (laughs) People people want to see the tattoos. Heidelberg, yes. Jacqueline, yes. John, no. Stop, John. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, anyway, how are you doing this week, John? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jacqueline and Heisberg, man. I'm so happy for you. Uh, Seriously. Thanks, man. Uh, That that Jeep looks dope, by the way. Thanks, bro. Yeah, it does look a lot like your old one. Yeah, well, it's the same year and model, but it's a hard top. It's got a couple of different things. I fucking love the color of it, too. Yeah. I just painted the gas cap today, too, because it was like blue for some reason. I was like, it was bothering me. Blue. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, there's like blue halo lights on the front um, when you turn the lights on. So 
Maybe they were supposed to like tie into that or something, but it looks stupid. So <laughs> I just took old- it off and painted it to. Did your old Jeep have a name? Did you bestow a name? It was her? Black Betty. I was thinking about naming this one Jean Grey. Oh, Ooh, yeah, I love good. that. Yeah, yeah, because it rose like a phoenix from the ashes of my old Jeep. <laughs> That's an X Men reference. I don't know if anybody. Yeah, gets I, I actually do know that one. Don't ask me why. We just lost. I don't know what that is. We lost all of our horror fans right there. Some of them grew up with animated cartoons in the nineties. Not me. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing good. I'm um, excited to talk about this movie with you guys. I promise. If you thought last week's show was horny when we were talking oh, yeah. about Nightmare Alley, <laughs> we'll just hang on to your britches for this, this one's one. <laughs> titillating. <laughs> that good vocabulary word. Yes. Word. <laughs> I'm going to hold my thoughts about that. Okay. Well, in the meantime, John. Yes. Do we have any horror movie news? Will somebody please say what we always reference? Every Rob Zombie. Week? Thank you. Thank you. That was right. so graceless. Oh, yeah. It was. Because uh, I, I, I didn't want to slide it in like that. Uh, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> uh, teaser from Rob Zombie's The Monsters was released this past week. I didn't watch okay. it. Thoughts. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, Heidelberg didn't watch it. Jacqueline thought I saw it. I saw it or at least clips of it on Good Morning America, actually. Which I don't watch. So <laughs> I don't know what a place to show a Rob Zombie film. Yeah, hold on. Or no, you know, it wasn't Good Morning America. I think it was the Today Show. I but think that's what it was. It's PG. So again, Jacqueline thoughts. Um, I thought it looked cool. Like, again, it was only like a few seconds, a couple of like maybe five or ten second clips. But um, it looked very charming, like um, the characters had kind of the same, uh, how do I describe it? Kind of like old timey, like acting style movements that the actors from the original 60s sitcom used. Um, Sharon Moon Zombie is kind of like leaning over and holding her hand up to her ear as though she were listening, but like this big exaggerated motion. It was, I thought it was very charming um, in the way it was like very obviously channeling that feeling and um in, in a way that was like authentic to that and not like making fun of it or any in any way so i i thought it was kind of reassuring it was reassuring and Heidelberg, you, you have not seen it i haven't no i i don't know i was like curious but i was like i don't know if i want to i'm gonna agree with jacqueline um this was it was fun because it started in black and white and then went to color and they're just sitting on a couch like Herman, uh, Lily and grandpa Munster are just sitting Mm -hmm. there. And then all of a sudden it stops. And I went, hold on a second. I want more. (laughs) I I hate that. I'm saying that about a Rob zombie movie. It's going to be PG. It's the monsters. And I love the monsters. And it's like, uh, I think you're just curious too, right? Like me, how how he's pulled it off. Yeah, give me more. Yeah, give I'll tell you, it, it was like a good little taste. Yeah, I it think. was. I mean, that's what a teaser is supposed to do, right? I think it, it was a good teaser. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So, Hydroberg, you got to watch it. Um, yeah, just, just watch it. it and let us now, know Jacqueline, you didn't self, uh, you didn't grow up with the show, correct? 
I didn't. I've I seen did, a few episodes. I as an either. Adult. It was like back yeah. in the sixties, and I'm like, well, I grew up with the repeats. Obviously, yeah, me too. Like so Nick here's the night. thing. I was definitely a Nick at Night kid, and I grew up on like 50s, 60s, and 70s sitcoms, and sure. so I I know a lot of them. And those to me, like the 70s are like the peak of sitcom quality. But mm-hmm. um, I may have mentioned this before, but my parents, like, if there was something my parents didn't like even if it wasn't like morally objectionable but just something that irritated them they wouldn't let me watch it in the house so like I wasn't allowed to watch Family Matters because they didn't like Urkel. Steve Urkel <laughs> and did I they... do that? <laughs> exactly exactly oh, Laura. So my parents really hated that and so I wasn't allowed to watch Family Matters but I was allowed to watch Full House and they didn't like things that were like Halloween related. And you know how yeah. most sitcoms have like a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Like Roseanne always had an epic Halloween episode every season. They hated those. And so stuff like that. So we watched a lot of old sitcoms together, but never the Adams Family and never the Monsters. And so that's a gap in my upbringing. <laughs> well, you're an adult now, so you can go watch them now. Yeah, I can't. Whatever. And I think they're on Peacock, which I have. So I'm excited about it. So I'm, I, mm-hmm. I actually, that's where I have seen a few episodes um, you said cop. in recent months. And, and I, I am enjoying it. So I plan to continue. Oh, also, by the way, totally unrelated, but The Northman is available on Peacock now. Is it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just saw, I just happened to see that a couple of days ago and I was like, oh, hey. Did you watch it? Not yet. Okay. Um, should, not yet. Should we put it on the docket? Like, I wouldn't. I mean, go ahead and watch I don't think it. It's first. Really, I don't think it's really horror at all. I mean, we it? can, but it's not really. It's more fantasy, sort of historical. Uh, I mean, there's. Yeah, I wouldn't really. I mean, Nightmare Alley wasn't horror either. And we watched. And we True. Yeah, but, but that was an accident. I didn't deliberately pick a non horror. <laughs> if everybody ends up liking it, I we could put uninformed. it on there. But I wouldn't really. We got some love on that podcast, though. So. Last week. Yeah, people seem to like that episode. So I'm glad that they dug film. it. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that film and I really enjoyed that episode with you guys. A couple of people that didn't enjoy the film still dug the episode too, which is uh who didn't cool. enjoy the film? Um well one of them didn't enjoy it as much as we did. I, I think it was Darren. I don't remember his uh oh, yeah. yeah. And I know that um he's a great Anya, supporter. Of Anya the show. didn't Thanks, yeah, Darren. he is. He um Anya didn't really enjoy the movie that much. She found it a little boring, she said. She liked the acting, the set pieces, and like the design of it. And she's not a big Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper fan, self-admittedly, but I think she got mm-hmm. she liked his performance enough, I think, in this, but I think ultimately like the storyline just kind of sort of lost her. It was like she, it wasn't as gripping as she wanted it to be. Okay. Well, she also has what two kids. So yeah understandable with Jacqueline so so she's got yeah she's got a certain amount of time to watch a movie and if it doesn't grip her then she probably you know that's not for her but it sounds to yeah, me like she finished it anyway right. well good for her yeah but she's a trooper um anyway regarding the Northman I would just say like you know we have so many horror movies we want to cover I mean we I, I don't know I mean it's not on my list if you guys want to I, I guess but like I mean I just there's so many other movies that I really want to cover on here yeah me too we have some gaps in the middle of the year that yeah, maybe August, but if not, I'm good with that. Okay. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, second story, scream six going to be set in New York city. Oh yeah. I, I might be an extra in it. <laughs> you really? should. 
Yeah, they said they might need a guy with a Jeep. So I was like, I'm there, dude. <laughs> with a blue gas cap. Damn yeah. it. Damn it. I painted it black. <laughs> Just like the Rolling Stones told me to. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we talked about last week is that Nev Kendall's not going to be in this one. So that's like for me, it's just like what's the name of the, uh, the town they're in? Woodsboro. Woodsboro. Right. It's so it's like New York. So yeah. So it's it's becoming like a different animal, which I think is okay. Like it's Devolving. been twenty five years or so. Um, I think if if the franchise wants to survive, it needs to like evolve, and that's hard. Like it's hard to leave certain things behind. Like it's hard to leave Nev Campbell behind, and it's hard to leave Woodsboro behind. But it's got to like it has to evolve, and so. I'm not saying that means it's going to be good, but I'm also not saying that means it's going to be bad. I want to see maybe the characters from the last one, you know, they pass the torch (laughs) to the younger generation. Yeah. They take a a train trip and it's like a train mystery where someone's killing everybody on the train. Right. Until they get to New York. (laughs) Think about every other uh, slash franchise. Where are they from? Elm Street, Haddonfield, Crystal Lake. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, I think, but, I mean, a sense of place can be really important in a franchise, but I, I, I think more than that, I think the the killer is usually like the, the connective tissue that kind of glues everything together, with those, um, that franchise, which, is, which is one of the huge reasons why I think, you know, Jason Goes to Hell was not a fan favorite with us. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, as so, but Scream is unique that way because the killer you know is always different but it's always ghost face and so as long as there's a ghost face it's it's a scream movie but i think like if that were to change then i think that the dna of the franchise would just be too right like but too too rob, far gone but rob zombie again <laughs> oh my god he made michael myers like a um i don't know what's the word um and a killer that was like you understood where he came from <laughs> like sympathetic he's a sympathetic character. yeah um humanize him yeah um yeah he, he was still to an from, extent yeah he was still from haddonfield right yeah but i don't i don't know how and the remake of friday the 13th he was still from crystal lake camp blood whatever it was in even the remake of nightmare on elm street he was still from we don't talk about that on the show. Elm Street. Okay. Well, so John, are you saying that you think that this is going to be like a disaster for Scream Six? I do. I do. You think they're oh, deviating okay. too far from the formula? I do. By taking it to a new setting. Yeah. They took. They took it to <laughs> California in the what was it? The third one. That's true. Yeah, That's but a it good was. Point. It, Nobody it, really likes the third one as much. I know, but still, Wes Craven. That's a good point. Back to the original place, and it was like it. It, it was meta. It. This is like not because you don't. I don't know. Well, we don't know what the story is, so we yeah, don't like bring the setting. Right. And just because it's not set in Woodsboro doesn't mean that it's not still connected to Woodsboro through the lore. Sure. So yeah. I mean, it's the change of setting. It might actually help the film. I mean, I'm I'm open minded to it. I mean, maybe it seems like a lot losing both Nev Campbell and I almost just said Haddonfield um and Woodsboro, but. I don't know. I'm I'm open minded to it. We'll see. But John, you know, I, I I understand your trepidation. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, M Night Shyamalan. Anybody excited? 
For what? God, I you know he re- he's retiring. I, I don't even know what you're about to. Say. Yeah, that's what I would be. Excited. Is there a roast? I would love to see an M Night Shyamalan roast of like other directors <laughs> just getting up there and roasting him. No, this motherfucker. John, I don't even know what you're about to say, but I am telling you that I'm not excited about it. Uh, me either. Uh, knock at the cabin. That's his latest movie. It's just rap. So it's so weird, though. Like, I know, know I don't expect it? much from his films, but I still get a little excited. Like, oh, maybe because every once in a while he does roll out something good where you're like, like he put out split. But then he followed through yeah. with the follow through was ass, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was called glass. <laughs> <laughs> no you were right the first time it was <laughs> i mean yeah i i keep giving him a chance even though i shouldn't No, i didn't see old so i can't speak about that but i listened to the straight chilling episode on old or i think it was a mini cast, a mini cast i think it was just one of their, their short episodes but um i'll tell you that did not give me any incentive to see it so i'm just want to watch it because of how spend bad that time elsewhere I mean, again, like with kids, if I had unlimited time to watch a different movie every night, I'd maybe throw it on just to enjoy the badness. But I don't have time for that. It's like this past weekend, Joe Bob, uh, he did another uh, couple of episodes. He did The Baby. I've never seen that ever. And when I watched it, I go, this movie is fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah. That was a pick. uh, Patreon pick on Straight Chillin. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was a rough. Anyway, so do we know anything about this new Shyamalan movie other than the title? No. Do we know who's in it? I didn't. I didn't care. I've heard that there's a (laughs) twist at the end. No. Yeah. What could it be? (laughs) What a twist! Maybe the twist is maybe the the real twist he could do is if there was no twist. No, the twist is it's going to be animated. Ah, like frozen. Oh God. Let it go. Oh my gosh. Let it go. <laughs> That's what he no, could see, do. I would he enjoy that. <laughs> I would enjoy that. Um, I don't. I'll probably see it just because I'm such a freaking sucker that, like, uh, I just want to know. What, I, I, I want to be I, in on the conversation. I want to see same, just in case like, he does something great. But yeah, I'm like, mm, I, I've lost trust. Well, I'll put it that way. I've lost trust in him <laughs> over the years. He's since, broken my my heart too many times since split i went no not this guy yeah i liked split but i, I didn't love like split. the follow through yeah. yeah mr glass or glass whatever the fuck it was called it was just that was so fucking because he rushed it because split was popular and he was he took his time with split and then they didn't even really advertise it too much nobody knew what it was right it came out and it's like spoilers you know it's a sequel to unbreakable yeah Right. Didn't so like, glass come out like nine or ten months after split. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they like pumped it fast. out. Man. They pumped yeah. it out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, right. when update us when you hear more information about that, because God, no, I won't because scared. we're all going to be like <laughs> shitting on this. <laughs> I think I'm going to take one for the team and I'm going to watch old pretty soon and I'll let Please. you guys know how bad it yes. is. Yes, yes, do that. Maybe uh, it's one of those I that's like love you for doing that. So I'm bad single. that it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. True. I don't have kids. I'll just watch it in, in an afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Take one for the team, Hydroberg. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into X. Whose pick was this? John? John. Is this yours? Yeah. John, you horny right. bastard. Mm. He is. <laughs> John, uh, tell us why you chose this film. Because I'm a big fan of Ty West. Um, I thought his movie. What? 
Oh, I thought it was because you that's like boobies. Ew, I hate that word. No, I really, know I'm kidding. That's why. I, that's why I blurted it out there like that. He went. You know, Ty West has directed some wonderful movies. Uh, the Innkeepers. What was the other one? Uh, House, of the Devil. House of the Devil. That's one of my favorite ones of his. No, I haven't seen. Uh, what's it called? The Sacrament. The Sacrament. Yeah, that 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 one. You should yeah, watch that. Hyderberg. Seriously. It was so good. I mean, it was like a found footage. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like found footage. Like a Jim Jones story. Yeah. That's what oh. I heard. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won't say more than that. I don't think <laughs> that's a spoiler, is it? That. It is spoiler. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> um, Maybe cut that part out later. <laughs> but the fact that A24 teamed up with him, I thought this movie was going to be fucking amazing. And that's all I'll say about it. But yes, uh, okay. Ty West, A24. Okay. All right, cool. Well, why don't you start us off and tell us whether this movie fucks or sucks? Well, I poured myself a mega pint of wine, red wine. Nobody laughed at that. You can drink whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you're whining. Sorry, why was I supposed- you want some cheese with that wine? Is that what you're saying? So uh, let me lube myself up. <laughs> well, Getting ready for the reach uh, around already. It mm. was um God, this was a, just does it fuck or does it suck? It's got a lot of nudity, Jacqueline. You know that makes John feel uncomfortable. I, I mean, it does. Yes, he's quite a prude, actually. I, I am. I am. Uh I love <laughs> the gore. I love the aesthetic of the movie, but it this movie to me was a flaccid fuck. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm a little I, surprised to hear you say that, but okay. Interesting. What do you think? I think that this movie fucks, even though it thinks it's too old to. Yeah. Whoa. Hydraberg? I will go. Uh, This film is called X. I don't know why that hit me so fucking. Yes, it is my time to go because I was very robotic. That's why. Uh, this film is called X, and it's about making a porno. And much like the actors in that porno, this film fucks. John, can you feel how hard my cock is right now? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I grabbed it earlier. <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's excited to talk about this. Yeah. Just like uh, Wayne, old Wayne. And it was very flaccid. <laughs> oh, thanks, John. No, John's flaccid. Much like I your review. Oh, my God. All right, John, you want to uh, hit us with a spoiler warning so we can spoil? We're going to talk about X from 2022 from Ty West in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Hyderberg, I cannot wait to hear your reach around on this. <laughs> it's probably not as risque as you might think. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let me get ready. Okay. Put aside your fears of sex because that new Ty West is what's up next. An homage to 70s slash and gash that their gator will make a splash as it chomps and spins its prey. The antagonists slay and try to get laid horny geriatrics that lay the pipe. But how it's hard, it can't survive the fright. This frisky couple will bring the slaughter and hold production of the farmer's daughters by decimating its talent and the crew. 
then take a break and try and screw. RJ kept his vision true, but his girlfriend was down to make some moves and get a piece of Jackson's tool. Then Pearl went and lost her cool. The plot it then began to swerve. I will not accept a life I do not deserve. So a televangelist's lost daughter survives all the slaughter and proves that she is the survivor of the farmer's daughters. A tale of blood, death, gore, and sex. This film is defined by its factor X. Awesome. That was so good. Thank I you. love how you worked in the do not accept a life I do not or won't accept a life I do not deserve. That was rad. So good. Damn. Quite the lyricist. Okay, so this is a horny movie. Yeah, it is. Oh my god, so horny. <laughs> I mean, so I forget. Did either of you guys see this in a the theater? I did. I did. Because <laughs> yeah. I was one of only two people in the theater when I saw it. I was just oh, you all did. by That's myself. Right. Yeah, and um, I happened to get a babysitter on a Sunday, and I was like, "Bye, I'm going to." The I movie. actually would recommend this film at, in a the theater setting, though. Like, I don't know. I just think. Like first, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is just how beautifully shot I think it is. Like Ty West, he just knows how to shoot a movie. Yes. Yeah, he sure does. And I love like that opening scene of like this, this small entryway of the barn or whatever. And you just can't see everything, right? It looks like just like a pristine like farm home. Everything looks okay. And then it slowly just starts to pan in and you start to see like the larger picture and you start to like it zooms into like the carnage that's going on. You start to see exactly like this was a murder scene and just it slowly shows the cop cars pulling up. And I just really love that. And then he kind of brings it full circle in the end, too, because you, you see the beginning, the end in the beginning. It felt like a mix between Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Boogie Nights. OK, yeah, that's a good I description. Definitely. I, agree with that. I think there's a little dash of psycho thrown in there, too. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but 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 I think the porno scenes was they were shot fine because it wasn't exploitative it was just more like you know okay we're making a porno but yeah what we're doing you know but i mean it was hot i mean <laughs> did they make the you feel uncomfortable john? did they give you a weird boner john no really. oh by the it way um, weird, it, it was a weird seeing britney snow uh uh naked i i didn't think i she seems like one of those actresses that have that no nudity clause in her her contracts yeah maybe this one fit you know the script i was impressed yeah she she did that thing and she was pretty fearless about it i mean i thought she was great i thought she was fantastic in the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i loved her character i think uh, she doesn't get enough credit i feel like everybody is talking about other actors in this movie and and i I don't think she's getting enough love for it because jenna ortega's in it and she's in everything now (laughs) she is that's true that's true and mia goth but also mia goth you know she was kind of like the mia goth was awesome as the younger version of herself, but then as Pearl, Maxine. you, or, well, she was Maxine, yeah, yeah Maxine. the younger yeah. version, but the Pearl version, you go, that's Mia God. I, I thought, I, the, I thought the makeup of the older couple just looked terrible. Okay, can we talk about this for a few minutes? Please, I have a lot, of, I have a lot of thoughts about this, and I want to know if you guys feel the same way I do. But, um, I. I wouldn't say the makeup looks terrible. I think that it is like the best makeup that could be done, you know, yeah. with like, with like, I thought you know, Howard looked all right. I mean, I just, there's this kind of uncanny divide for me. Like, and I, I, I imagine for most other people too, but like, no matter how good the prosthetics and makeup are, I feel like you can always tell when it's not real. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, in any, I've no, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where I totally believed that, where I couldn't spot that it was makeup. You know what I mean? Um, and so it, that's distracting to me and it's, it takes me out of the story. And I, I don't really know the reason for it in this film. I guess in some in some the films, you can see the reason. Like if you're like if you're trying to make somebody look like a historical figure or something, like you're gonna have to have makeup and prosthetics to make yeah. them have that resemblance. But in this case, I feel like for most of the acting, it wasn't that physical. Like, yeah, the moment where Pearl like blows herself off the porch with the shotgun, like, yeah, you need mm-hmm. a stunt double for that, but you don't need like close you don't need all that makeup for like a scene nah. like that because it's not a close-up but the the other acting it's like why why didn't we just have an older actor i'm wondering did why. he well we now we know that the movie has a prequel coming out right about yeah. pearl so yeah. maybe he used her as pearl because she's going to play the young pearl at some point i don't know like so and that she resembles maxine enough you know because like Pearl sees herself in Maxine, in a young Maxine. She sees her younger self. So when you see the picture of Pearl, it looks kind of like Maxine. That's why I get that. But I'm saying it's Ty West's decision. Maybe that's why he did that. I'm sure. Well, so to your first point, like, oh, there's going to be a prequel. So it it would be cool if it's her. But when they started, when they started pre-production on this they didn't know there was going to be a they didn't, right? was, yeah, I, I mean a, so. a prequel it was kind of like a spontaneous thing because they had to have a two-week quarantine uh, they, they shot this in New Zealand and when they arrived yeah. in New Zealand they had to have a two-week quarantine and so just killing time while they were there Ty West was just like oh, maybe I'll write a prequel and, yeah, and so he had it was kind of like a surprise and then he was like hey Mia goth do you want to just stay on after we finished you know because the sets were already constructed and he was like do you want to just make another movie when we're done with this? And she right. was like, sure. So, and, and Jacqueline, I agree with you. But one thing is, is that the at last part of the movie is that <clears throat> Pearl says that, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, other Maxine, Mia, Maxine, Maxine. Oh, oh, there's something special about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says that in the movie. And it's just like, so maybe he had it planned out or, or maybe this is post-production or whatever it was. It was like, okay, they're planning a prequel around Pearl that is going to be Mia Goth. And again, I thought Mia Goth did a fantastic job in this movie on both roles. I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I thought she did good as Pearl. I just don't feel like it probably would have serviced the movie a little bit better if they had a separate actress do it. Or an older I agree. Actress. I think it was just too distracting. Like, And I get what you're saying, Hyderberg, about like, oh, there's this, this kind of thematic link between them. Yeah. Like, oh, Pearl sees you know herself mm-hmm. in Maxine and Maxine, you know, Pearl says that Maxine is like destined to end up like her. And they both have these bits of dialogue where they talk about like being special. You know, Maxine's yeah. always like, I'm a star, I'm a fucking star. And, and they're destiny. Pearl By the way, that's like, uh, tell, tell me I'm special. That's how I get ready each week for the podcast, minus the blow. I look <laughs> in the mirror and I tell myself, you're a fucking sex symbol. <laughs> and, I, and I put my tank top on and I get and I sit down on the couch and put the zoom on. <laughs> Well, we could we could tell you're you're really pumped. That's up. why I'm oh, yeah. giving yourself a good pep talk. I'm more confident today because I put on the tank top. Absolutely, that has the Boston Shocker fucking sign on Shocker oh sign on it. <laughs> it. Sure does, folks. You can't see him, but it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so I get the thematic link that you're talking about there, and that sort of connective tissue. But like, you can still like 
that theme can still exist if another actress is mm-hmm. playing that role. And even mm-hmm. when they're doing the prequel, Mia Goth can still play that younger version of Pearl. Yeah, it's could. not like you look. It's not like you look at the character of Pearl and you're like, wow, she looks like Mia Goth because there's such heavy makeup that it's yeah. right. You just I, like you just don't. And so I think it was not a great choice, and it it really took me out of the the movie. Unfortunately, yeah. I felt the same way about Suspiria um, with. Uh, oh, sorry, what's this is a spoiler, but like Tilda Swinton um, yeah. in three different three different roles. I I don't think that's ne- I don't think that's necessary. So that's just, I just don't love that. I don't love it. Attention all get a different kind actor. of horror review fans. We may be reviewing that later. Yeah, so edit that one out. Just pretend you didn't hear that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that gives no, we'll keep it in. We'll keep it in. Yeah. That's fine. I'm we'll just saying. It it's a th- I think everybody knows it by now. I don't think I'm giving away any huge secret. And anybody who can't tell something is up when they first see that psychiatrist, then, yeah. well, I just don't yeah. know what to tell you. Fuck you all. So. Some people get lost in the film, Jacqueline, in the acting and the performance, and they're not trying to pick it apart while they watch Jacqueline. it. Jacqueline, I got the your Philistine. back. Fuck you all. So whatever Jacqueline said, I got your back, Jacqueline. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, did anyway, you guys so notice are- the name of the van that they pulled up in, by the way? Is it no. plowing service? Oh, yeah. Like plow, plowing. Plowing right? service. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good little joke. That's a good little joke. It did, uh, like you said, it was like a New Zealand setting, but it did. Oh my God. This was like a big homage to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like going down in the. Oh, yeah. The vibes are obvious. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. How do you guys feel about that? Did you feel like it was a ripoff or did you enjoy the homage? The homage to me was like beautiful. I I liked it. I feel like it was paying homage to genres and the era of the heart of that. You know that type of horror. Sure, and, uh, that's Ty West thing anyway. So like, I agree. I feel like this was technically more Texas Chainsaw than the new uh, fucking dumpster fire that we reviewed in episode thirty eight. <laughs> I I agree with you. I think this is a much better homage to that movie. A much I think this works even better as like a you know maybe well maybe this is going too far but to say that's like part of the franchise but it it feels more yeah. like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie than this netflix absolutely like just on and that i know point. that some people really like that movie and i know the spoils of horror guys love that movie but or at least and i didn't hate it but, it, but I, I called it a dumpster fire it was entertaining for the afternoon i watched it but it wasn't when you have to review it it's definitely not that great of a film didn't it feel like yeah, when you have to review it it's like there's it's not a great addition to the franchise either you can't felt- not criticize a bunch of stuff in it yeah oh uh it felt a little bit evil dead too right what felt evil dead I don't know. I think it was just like the matter of like being in the basement and not getting attacked right away. It was just like this. Uh, maybe supernatural. These these people were supernatural a little bit. There's basements in other movies. They're not all. I, I, <laughs> it had a basement. There's a basement in Night of the like Living Dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. It was Night of the Living Dead. That's what it was. Yeah. I will say, though, that like touching on the setting. I lo- I think the setting is great. Like once they arrive at the farm, you could tell that there's something unsettling there, and like yeah, something's off. And like us as the audience, we kind of know what what's happened because we saw the ending first. But like these actors or you know the people in the movie, they have no idea what they're in for, and we know that it ends in a bloodbath. We just don't know exactly how, right? That's a good so point, Hydrober. Like and that's why I love the moment we they give us a close up shot in the beginning of 
the entryway up to the front door and you can see this like just carpet of blood leading Carnage. up to it and there's like an axe a little hand or like a hatchet right and so you see that at the beginning yeah. and then just a few you know not too long after that you see them walking up to that house you see wayne walking up to the house for the first time and it's totally clean and you're like mm -hmm. oh something bad is gonna happen there well, they, they show you the people uh, it's like 24 hours before yeah, I, yeah I, and you have oh, no idea who I, is who yeah, I love when they do that. It's like 24 hours before this horrific scene. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I it's dug like, it. How badly can things go in such a short period of time? It's like right. total carnage, rewind 24 hours, like idyllic, beautiful setting. I, I, I enjoy that too. Yeah, and you guys were talking about the setting and the similarity to Texas Chainsaw. I, I love that. Um, I think the first time you get that kind of overhead shot of the farmhouse or whatever in the big open yeah. fields, I think it's so clearly meant to evoke that that setting from Texas Chainsaw. And it's like, I don't know, it made me happy. I like there's a little Friday the 13th, too, with the lake, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the lake, they like yeah. go off the property a little bit and they end up by the lake and you get that awesome scene with Maxine and the gator. You get like a Jaws moment where that oh. I wasn't expecting a fucking gator. I'm like, holy shit, there's a gator in the water. Yeah. His gators in Texas. Well, that was foreshadowed a little bit um, in the very first scene um, when the girls are first coming out of the strip club. They're yeah. like, you, know, you see Bobby Lynn coming out and she's kind of strutting out the door. And then I think Maxine follows after that and uh, like painted on the side of the building. It's like there's like a gator oh, like, yeah. chomping a woman or something. And so it's like oh, a little that's... bit of foreshadowing. No, it's awesome. I have to I have to look back on that. That's right. It was like a billboard, yeah. right? As they're pulling away. Was it? A, I can't remember. I thought it was the side of the building that was, was painted. It the side of the building? Maybe it was. Yeah. I don't know. You, you might be right. I'm not sure. No, you might be right. But there's something right there in that shot. Something big in that shot with a like painted with a gator grabbing a a, a gal. <laughs> but um, did you guys find this movie scary? No. No. I mean, if you were maybe not big on horror and you were getting into horror or this was like a earlier movie that you were just watching without knowing mm -hmm. a lot of horror, maybe if you were younger, this could I could see like I could see this being scary to the crowd, you know, of the age that we were when we watched like Friday 13th, maybe like but not for us. Yeah. We're, horror, we're like veterans. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would I say like the kills, though, like some of the kills were really cool. Oh, like, I, yeah, like yeah. RJ's kill. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna jump back. Really, up. this was kind of my least favorite. What? But I well, thought we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But John, I, I thought, yeah, I thought RJ's kill was a kind of a good jump scare, and then the girl that fell into the lake, like that the alligator, like biting her head off, was like and just spinning. Really, it was really, it was a really good jump scare, and I went, oh, that was cool. A lot of the gore is very visceral. It is like and I kind of like it. it makes you squirm crushed. a little bit. Yeah. So, like, going back to RJ, what I liked about RJ was, like, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Do you really know Pearl's got the... She's just wandering around. She's And you think she's got, like, dementia, maybe, or something like that. That's what the trailer yeah. sort of made it look like. Yeah. Yeah. The trailer sort of made this film look like she had something that happens to her after nighttime. Like, sort of like... Yeah, the, it did seem that way. I thought there was a supernatural bend at first or something going on with her where she... Or do her dementia is so bad that she gets violent at night or something. Maybe like... So, a, yeah. taking I never knew it had like this funny bend to it, like with the couple. I didn't know there was like this whole thing about the right. antagonist being like fucking horny bastards. <laughs> uh, but I get it. You know, it's a metaphor for the, you know, this whole movie their youth and their love. But, horny. Yeah. 
Oh my god! But I just love the kill of RJ. Like it's so visceral, and like yeah. I like how she kind of loses herself in it and just keeps stabbing away at him till she basically like decapitates him. And I just oh, love how you know what you said, you RJ, and I thought yeah. Wayne. No, Sorry, Wayne I got mixed yeah. up. So no, RJ, no, RJ you great. get the blood spurt on the lens, and then yes. the scene instantly goes to like a red. Yeah. And I just yes. love the way that and you have the fucking and don't soundtrack. Hear the reverse plan. Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought it's so good. And then her music comes on where she's like envisioning being a dancer again. She's got yeah. the blood on her it and she's like, like psychotic the dance music. Yeah, she's lost it at that yeah. point. I like yeah. that. I, and Jack, I'm sorry, Hyderberg. I didn't mean to disagree with you earlier. Yeah, I was I, like, you wow, she didn't I like the RJ scene. I was yeah. thinking of Wayne getting stabbed in the yeah. eye and the bar. Yeah, the Wayne, Wayne scene sucked. It's too it convenient. So bad. He happened to have three well, holes there because, and he looks through them. Well, he got stabbed. Yeah, so that's in the my eye. thing. Were there three holes in the there wall? Were. Exactly the same space. And there were holes that looked like above, and, too. Like they used yeah. that prank before on other people. I liked him stepping on the nail. I thought that was awesome. Like, oh, that was, yeah, that was home alone vibes. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you felt it too. It was, it was almost yeah. like I got tetanus right now. Oh yeah, I like I like I like the character of Wayne. I thought he was fucking funny. Me too. I thought he was yeah. great. Like what, I thought he did a great he job. Wearing out there like the oh his skivvies. <laughs> Beyond tidy okay, Do you you know who that is, right? Yeah. No. You know who that guy is, right? Who is it? He's um the dad from the Ring. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, he's Naomi Watts's ex in the Ring. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. He's a lot older now. He's pretty cut he too. Fucking he's in good great. shape. Yeah. Yeah, he's in good fucking yeah. shape, bro. I, I mean, the ring was 20 years ago and he was yeah. hot then. I don't know. He might even be hotter now. You know, he's if he told hot. me, hey, my feel how hard my cock is, I don't know. I might have I'd be like, oh, I don't want to, but you know, since you said it like that. I, I would say <laughs> I, know, I, I want to. Yes. Yeah, he looked please. great. I, and I just like <laughs> his character. Like he was he had, yeah, he was like a total perv, but he was like, he seemed like a decent enough guy too for being somebody I in agree. that no. like he cared about no. You don't yeah. think he was? De- I think he was a decent guy. I think he, didn't he go cared. Was way to try to a hurt decent amount about anybody. his actors. Yeah, he cared about RJ. He, he tried a- to. Yeah. Yeah. He, didn't he seem went like to he was help- manipulating everybody. Yeah, he helped Lorraine go look for RJ and got himself killed in the process. True. He's trying to give him advice, trying to make him feel better, trying to get Lorraine out of trouble with RJ. Like, oh shit, you didn't do anything wrong. And I think he's. Tr- I think he was a decent guy. I do. I think they're like, very like sleazy porn guys. Big deal. Yeah, like that's what that was his job, and he's passionate about it. But I felt like he never made anybody do anything they weren't uncomfortable with. Like true, no. very true. I will say, as far as like his portrayal of the character, I thought he was a decent enough guy. Like I wasn't like, oh, this guy's a total shit, you know, shithead. I agree with you. I thought it, there yeah. was like kind of a, a like an amiable quality to him that was appealing. Yeah. I actually I liked most him. of the characters. I did too. I I'll tell you the characters I didn't care too much for were Lorraine and RJ. Yeah. Lorraine seemed a little judgmental at the beginning. I know she ended up doing the movie anyway, but still, and then the way she blamed um, Maxine at the end, yeah. it's like, yeah, she totally wanted this to happen. What I liked her death though. Yeah, that was good. Um, and oh, then the, RJ the was just like oh. such a hypocritical, he was so pretentious and like, such a hypocrite, like talking about, oh, it's just sex, whatever. But then when it's his girlfriend, he's like, no. Yeah, like I understand him being like wanting to say no, but like she's a free woman and it's she can do as she pleases. And like you said, he's being a little bit of a hypocrite. Like, that, thing. That's a good part of that. Scene. He never thought about his girlfriend. Yeah, he, he he's, just, he's just like, what are you going to say? 
nothing and you can no. see too in the movie like very, from the very first scene where she's working you could see like oh this girl she's intrigued by what she's saying like yeah what they call her anyway, i just didn't mouth. enjoy those characters church mouth yeah 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 they weren't really fleshed out you know yeah I the other the, characters, they really did feel kind of like a little family to me. Yeah. Like Lorraine. You know, the way that they were uh, like. I mean, not Lorraine, um, Maxine and um, what's her name? Bobby Lynn. Bobby and, Lynn, yeah. Um, I know she had two names. And what's the guy's name? Jackson? Jackson. Jackson. Is that, Jackson. that was Kid Cuddy, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, so they've like, they kind of seem to have a little. Uh, rapport among them that was nice and kind of easy and like I, the part where Bobby Lynn says something like you know here's to the perverts they've been paying our bills all these years and it's like they yeah. don't have any hang-ups about what they do that's just it's just what they do and I actually love that big scene deal. I don't know they were like sex positive I thought that scene was really good when they all like the day after shooting they sit down and like really yeah. talk and they like real characters like real people that knew each other and had a history even the, you know and like like you said, they were just talking about like their industry and stuff like that. And <laughs> I thought it was just like they kind of humanized them because the movie at that point after that is going to take a turn. So that's yeah. like the next that's like the last part that you get to really feel these characters. Um, they also eat the, the largest fucking bologna sandwich I've ever fucking seen. Oh like God. it's spiced. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like a metaphor for Jackson's wiener. Maybe his bologna. I don't know. Because <laughs> like, th- dude, or, like uh, what's his name? Wayne makes this bologna sandwich. He cuts like like a whole inch of bologna at least yeah, two inches of bologna like, and just throws it on a fucking piece of white bread with mayo and like they're like chomping down on it i'm like wow i posted up on our uh it's our, our our social media is that there's a lot of nudity in this and it's male to female like 50 50 because yeah, there's some a, dong silhouette you see a lot of dong you see a lot of uh female nudity it's just like i think ty west did like <laughs> like the perfect all right here's guy frontal nudity here's woman frontal nudity there you go enjoy i don't know that it was equal but it wasn't was equal. At least you more, know, more than more more male nudity than the average a, a, a good amount of uh wayne in his and his underwear walking around and then you got jackson naked for a couple of scenes mm-hmm. but it it was definitely a, it was leaning a little bit more towards the women which a 70s yeah, film yeah, would do possible. anyway this this is an homage yeah, to yeah, 70s yeah. films and that would have more boobs and anything mm-hmm. but i thought it's the ladies were great me. though like the nudity never seemed exploitative like no, it just no. it all worked for the film yeah i mean um, they're making a porno like yeah a- like what do you expect exactly yeah. like if you go into so. this film knowing what it is and you can't be squeamish about it john yeah yeah <laughs> well and also like you know it it is pride month guys i don't know if you know this but it is pride month and Pearl herself seems to be kind of an equal opportunity gender. She attr- uh, you know, she's just not into blondes. That's right. She does not like blondes. No, she does not like that's, blondes. That's clear. That is made clear to us. <laughs> but no, she's she's equal opportunity. Yeah, she's proud. <laughs> um, well, I guess that kind of leads me to like, you know, we should talk about what's really going on in this movie and like the motivation of the killers. And how did you guys feel about how did you guys feel about the motivation? So that's where the film loses me a little bit, to be honest. Like, I love the beginning of this film more than the ending. Well, not the the, the ending I like, but I the the third act just doesn't. I don't know. It sort of just feels it falls into like slasher territory, more familiar 
which I know this is an homage to, but this movie had so much more potential to be something different. And it, it tries. The antagonists are horny old people. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well for me. Right. I don't, I don't believe that these two people are walking around killing all these younger people that are highly capable of getting away and or just overpowering them. Like, a couple of the kills, yeah, sure. But like the Wayne kill, like that's just super convenient. Like he happens to put his face where Pearl can fucking stab it. Like Pearl looks like she can't even stab the eyeballs out of a person to begin with. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> she looks like she could barely stab the peas on her plate with a fork. Yeah, exactly. Like so I don't know. So Pearl is actually <clears throat> what's her name? Mia Goth? Yeah. Well, well, I, yeah. Made by her. her, her, her other character um maxine maxine so is she's not they're not maxine and pearl are not the same character they're just played by the same actress they were though why i don't know i i just uh, i just got the the vibe of they were the same character because pearl says maxine's different you know there's something about her and you know, Maxine drives over her head and leaves. Like I'm not following that. Like if the, if Maxine was not a real character, like at the end of the movie, they said like, "Hey, guess what? Maxine was just a made up thing in Pearl's head." But maybe. didn't you guys say that there was like a prequel or something? There's a prequel know. where Mia Goth is going to play a younger Pearl. Yes. Yeah, but it's like back in it's time. It's Pearl, like the it's 20s or something. Okay, probably about her and her husband. That makes starting this whole thing to me at all. Why? I I don't know. It's just it, they're just they're supposed to have some like similarities in their like yeah their characters and so that's that's why I, I, thinks you know I, I was already complaining about different. the choice to have the same actress play them both but the, but they're supposed to have some similarities and kind of reflect each other and so she's so Mia Goth is going to play the younger version of of Pearl in the sequel I mean in, in the prequel. And it's just going to be back in time. It's not going to be set in the same time period. It's going to be set like, I don't know, 60 years ago, maybe. Yeah. So possibly when no, they started killing for the first time, maybe. Maybe. But That's so I, going back to what you were saying, I could not agree with you more. That's my biggest complaint about this film is that I don't buy that motivation. Like these are elderly people who are sexually frustrated and they're killing people for the slightest, like, rebuff of their sexual advances like it just i don't buy like for a long time too they're stringing people up and sinking cars into the water i don't know they don't i mean i just don't i don't i I just don't buy it and so um yeah i feel like i feel like the first half of the movie at least is really just like a setup it's not it's not even totally i mean they're like little hints of the horror to come but it's basically like kind of a dramedy about them making this porno film and these likable characters doing their thing and it's it's very that's what i like i think yeah yeah i really like that so you get to know them and you get invested in them and you kind of are laughing along with them and oh they're making this movie it's it's like john said i think it nails the boogie nights part and then when we get to the texas chainsaw vibes it drops the ball a little bit in my opinion Right. So right. I think the kills work. <clears throat> yes. But but that's not enough for it to function as a horror movie. And they, so I think uh, that that's like the biggest um like weakness is that if you can't buy the motivation of the killer then it uh-huh. all I think it falls apart. They um, at the end of the movie 
And then all of a sudden, the husband disgusting, died. by the way, which was oh my god, it's Ooh. the well, grossest. So There's a lot of gore in this film, but the elderly people having sex is probably the grossest thing. Oh, in this film. But they're not okay, really so elderly. Wait, can I, Maybe that's can why I they didn't get that? real elderly people. Yeah, do. can I address this? Yeah, because this was a major thing that I was thinking. How about. can Howard even right. get hard at that age? <laughs> well, when you're like 85, why don't you report back and tell us? I, I will. When we're doing uh, episode uh, 600 and whatever, I don't know what episode we'll be at at that point. One thousand. We're 89 years old and you're still scared of a boob. I am. God damn it. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Sorry. Sorry, oh, oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Am I still here? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So. What I think this movie in large part is about is about aging and mm-hmm. like the sadness of aging and the sadness of losing like the vitality of youth and yeah. your sex appeal and your physical energy and all the amazing gifts that are given to you in your youth that you don't appreciate until you start to lose them. It seems so unfair, right? Yeah. And so I think this is about like the sadness of that happening and it and i think it is sad like it yeah is. pearl and howard are killing these people but we're also given time in this movie to get to know pearl and see her in moments of like solitude and moments of like vulnerability with her husband where she is begging for something that he thinks he can't give her and yeah. the like the sort of like crushing feeling that is to her spirit and feeling yeah, like it crushes both it's of a feeling of loss feels, yeah he feels yeah like well, he, a failure and he clearly he loves her and he wants to, to be wife. able yeah he, he also so says, it, i think it's a sad thing he says mm-hmm. i don't know if my heart can handle yeah. it yeah yeah and so it's like that's okay so we're i am i'm i'm not 85 but I am turning 40 in a couple of months. And so I'm having some of these like kind of ruminations with myself about like aging and I'm not like 25 anymore. And sometimes even at the age of 40, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow and coming to the realization about certain things. Like you don't look the way you used to. There are certain things you're never going to do in life. It's like just aware yeah. an awareness of time that has passed mm-hmm. and, uh, and and the time that you have after you, you know, is is growing shorter. And I, I think, you know, certain milestone birthdays are kind of a reminder of that. And so, you know, I've been having some of these like existential reflections or like, oh God. But and so in that way, like again, I I know I'm not like 85, but I could kind of relate to her in that way. It's like, you know, every year that you age, something is lost, you know, to oh, in, in some way. So and in some like- small way, something is lost. And so I think that really is touching and it's it's sad. And I, I don't know about you guys, but while I was watching this movie, I really felt that. And it's, it's like this feeling of longing. And so I can understand how it would be hard to be elderly and your youth is gone. And physically, you're like nearly decrepit. And then you've got these young, very beautiful women and men right in front of you and how that's that's hard to be around it's like a reminder that these people have so much ahead of them and you recognize that but maybe they don't yeah, and yeah. it's this kind of them it's like a bitter it's a bitter feeling you know a tough pill to swallow and definitely. so and so because because we kind of get to see pearl and howard to an extent as a little bit more human than just like 
you know, just a killer. I think it kind of asks us as viewers to take a look at like how we respond to the idea of like elderly people and their sexuality. And I think it's like kind of a knee jerk reaction to be like, Ugh, yeah, you don't want to hear about it. Yeah, but it's like they're people too. And yeah, they have right. they have feelings of love and they have feelings of desire and longing and Passion. attraction yeah. And, yeah. and loss and all these emotions just like anybody else. And I couldn't help but think like, oh man, I would hate to be like, you know, 20 years older than I am now and have somebody be like, oh, that old hag. Blech. So <laughs> like, that is so good. That is part of the, uh, like a good idea on Ty West's part, you know, to incorporate that, I feel like, and give you a different type of character in a slasher. So you, yeah. you're kind of talking me into liking it a little bit more. So maybe yeah, so the execution is what I didn't it. love. So I think, so I think the there's some heart to it. I just, but so all that being said though, Hyderberg, I still agree with you. I think all of that works as part of the story, but yeah. I don't think it works as the motivation for murder. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's, and that's a major problem I for agree with a horror movie I'm, about people who are killing people. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. The problem was the look of these people. If they actually used elderly people, I would be more drawn in. But from the beginning of the movie, they looked fake. <laughs> it was it take like, me out of it that much, but you, it, it, it did. Right. It's noticeable. Like, like for me, the look of them looked like makeup. It looked like Mia mm-hmm. Goth. I thought it was the other actor that was her boyfriend. That was. I didn't know it was Mia mm-hmm. Goth. To be honest, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't read up on this film before going into it either. So. Well, I mean, it just. I, I didn't it, know it was her at first. No, I didn't know either. But after hearing her speak more, like the yeah. way that she, the the accent with which she said the word "special" I, later on, when she's like, "Tell me, I'm special." Yeah. Then I was I like, "Oh, the, that sounds exactly I, like how Mia Goth says." It. I thought the look was terrible. I mean, it was like, like really... the, look of the makeup was just bad, and I was just like, "Oh." There was like that scene early on where they mirror um, when Maxine meets Lorraine. I mean, um pearl for the first time right and she's sitting mm-hmm. down she's coming into the house she sits down and has a glass of lemonade and then they're they're showing mm-hmm. the porn scene where uh jackson's sitting down with uh what's her name um i keep forgetting she's got two names bobby god lynn. damn it bobby, bobby lynn, lynn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i can remember one name i remember lynn but the bobby part i keep forgetting <laughs> yeah show. and then she's like would you like some lemonade and it's like i just love the way they mirror the whole scene i like that yeah. I, I i like the shot for shot thing and I but guess yeah, yeah, that was cool how they I didn't never realize the first rapidly. go around that she was acting against herself. Like, mm. I didn't know that. And that's fine. But it just looked really bad to me. <laughs> yeah, that I noticed. I could tell that it was a younger person in older makeup. I just right. didn't know it was me. And right. to touch back on the what you were saying before, Jacqueline, is like, I feel like for Pearl's character, too, it, it's huge because our society puts so much on a woman's looks right like a yeah. woman's looks define a woman in, in our society like and as you lose those looks i could understand like through age like you think oh what's my worth now to just you know because i'm not as pretty as i used to be or i don't feel as pretty like and so i could see that weighing on pearl and then also the fact that she feels like oh i have so many missed opportunities in life because i settled down early with with howard after the war and mm-hmm. i never pursued my dance career and i mm-hmm. didn't have children it mm-hmm. seems so like so many things she has regrets about. So yeah, to and then losing her sexuality too, like her her want 
or her her capability at least she feels capable but her husband is not yeah yeah she feels like uh, that desire still but that like fucking you said, sucks it, like none of that leads me to say like oh let's start killing people because that's the next logical step like yeah. no it doesn't though so yeah i feel like the prequel maybe that would fill us in on that but by that point it's too late i'm still gonna give the review that i give for this film yeah. like it doesn't fix this film Hydraberg, I think you and I are totally on the same page about this. I agree. I, I, yeah. The thing was, is that there was a lot of parallel between Pearl and uh, what's her name. It, it was just like, it, it was like perfect because uh, God, what was, what was her name again? Which Maxine? one? Maxine? Bobby Lynn? Yeah, Maxine. So Maxine and Pearl, they were pal- parallels. They, they, yeah, like, yeah. they weighed the, way they mashed up against each other was like nicely done but it was just mm-hmm. like uh, it, it, just seeing max uh pearl took you out of it though yeah a little bit yeah so john you would have felt better about it if it had been an actually like an, an elderly person playing this role if it was like betty white that played this role <laughs> r.i.p <laughs> Oh my God! How much money would I have paid to see that movie? Oh, Betty White would have delivered this film. Holy I'm shit! Got a mouth like a trucker too. Shove that woman in the lake and get eaten by the gator. <laughs> Betty White doing a line of coke together—that would have been perfect. Oh my God! So, one of my real first gripes that I had with this film, and this might be a trash bag moment—I don't know. When Howard tricks Lorraine to go down into the cellar, right, and mm-hmm. he locks her down there, mm-hmm. like, okay, you locked her down there, but like. There's weapons and tools down there, like yeah. all types of shit. And that scary, like naked dude, which is not a big, as big of a scare as they build up in the beginning. You think you're going to see something so horrendous. And then it's just like a sex slave, basically, like with a little wiener, like he's like half dead or is he dead? Yeah. I don't know. I think but, he is. But yeah, yeah like, I, think he's dead, I mean, dude. especially for us, we're like, that's nothing. I was but expecting I guess if this something is like- gnarly. I guess if this is your first horror film, then maybe, yeah. maybe that's a lot. But I could see I finding that down us. there and being, being like unnerved as the sheriff. But I feel like the look on their face in the beginning made me think like, oh, we saw all this carnage right before that scene. So whatever's down there shocked the shit out of them. What the fuck yeah. are we looking at? And then they show the, the guy, the <laughs> half naked guy, like college guy sh- hung up. But oh, what yeah. bothered me <laughs> was that like she grabs a fucking hatchet, right? Like he, he knows there's shit down there. He didn't like tie her up or anything. So, like, she hacks at the door while he's away. She <laughs> makes a hole in the door, right? And it's as far away from as the far lock away as from the lock possibly as possible. Then she reaches her hand on, wastes all that time trying to open the lock, which is literally right next to the next panel in the door. Why not but just she make could a have new hacked hole, open? Yeah. Right. And it just bothered the shit. It took me out of the fucking movie. Like, what are you doing? And then he I just like she her hand and tells her, stay still, stay down there. That's it. And then, and then for the next 20 minutes, he's somewhere else she, and she just and she stays, stays down, down there. there. It's like, there's so many tools. Like you got the hatchet. She could pop the, the hinges. Yeah. She could pop the nail out of the hinges and take the door it off the hinges. She could like, just hack out the that? other panel. She I had, had her left door. hand. That she could... I know, but the initial like first hole you made, why didn't you make it right next to the lock? I like, understood. What is wrong but... with you? I get it. You panicked a little bit, but you had right. enough time. This hand's Wait, dead. Yeah, yeah eventually. It was a finger that was fucked up, not the entire hand. And also, he hit her hand like three times with the with whatever it was. And I think, it's it was like, I think she could have moved her hand out of there a little faster. I know. Her character really fell apart at the end. Yeah. Like, we did get a nice little no shining sense. moment, though, where she like sticks her. She like kind of sticks her head in the hole in the door and reaches through like Jack Torrance. And uh, the fact that the she shining. just stayed put the whole time is like killed me, too. Like you just stayed there. 
Well, she's a dope. I uh, yeah. But still, no, she should have like she should have gone out of there. Yeah. Just <laughs> and then there like, was the door. Doing? And then there was the other door, like to the external part. You remember there's like that cellar door on the outside that she's like banging yeah. on that for a while. Like when he was at the door at the top of the stairs, she could have run over to the outside door and tried to hack that open. Like, like she, she could have so got many that opportunities. Open. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's just an ineffectual stuck. person. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad she got killed. <laughs> and she got her, her death is fucking gnarly. I it was that. fucking gnarly. That shotgun she shot in the face. her face. It was so unexpected. Oh, just, so yeah. many of the deaths in this were unexpected. They were like when Pearl goes to shoot the shotgun. You don't ex- like she just goes flying off the <laughs> fucking porch. I love that. I was like, I yeah, laughed out loud in the theater. You're frail Did you guys laugh out loud? Yeah, I laughed You're out loud. Fucking frail theater. as hell. You have no business shooting that fucking shotgun. I yeah. love the way that the scene theater when out. I. Yeah, and then you uh, get the, the other person in. What were we saying? Go ahead. I, I was just gonna always, say the other person yeah, in the theater when I saw it did not laugh at that moment. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm fucked up. I always love when somebody rolls over somebody's head and then backs yeah. up and does that again. <laughs> I loved the uh, the televangelist is on the TV at that moment and he's like it's divine intervention and like it just happens to miss maxine's head and then we tie it together that like that's maxine's dad yeah. what do you yeah. think about that the fact that that's been playing the whole time in the movie in the gas station cool. yeah and then like maxine's basically that's the life that she ran away from and this is the new life that she's creating for herself and she's the last survivor of you know this i was okay <laughs> i thought it was kind of cool. cool. It kind of ties the end together enough for me. Like, and then we get to see how the carnage plays out. Right. Enough I, for the upstairs stuff that happens was cool. How she kills Pearl. I didn't hate it. I was just like, eh, that's okay. <laughs> but what I was anticipating at the very end was that when she goes to do another bump of Coke, which Mac, which Wayne has said, don't do too much of a good thing. Right. right. I thought she was going to crash the fucking car trying to do a bump yeah. last minute. And she was going to die too. Right. Because, <laughs> You know, it was she thought she was getting away, and I would have loved that ending to be honest. Seeing her drive away is cool too, I guess. Like where she's going, we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but I hope not back home. But yeah. I, I love the homage to Texas Chainsaw that she's driving in on a truck, yeah, yes, it was into the sunlight, like, yeah, yeah. the gone. rising sun, but, yeah. Yep. So, the, the preacher cool. on the TV thing, like. Uh, maybe this is just me because I had like sort of traumatic religious experiences growing up and I'm not a religious person at all now. Um, I'm an atheist, but I, I I did grow up in like a Christian environment and um, just had some really negative, <laughs> negative experiences with that and continue to have neg- negative associations with that. But hearing the preacher's voice um, periodically throughout the film as it's playing on the TV, to me, that felt really creepy. It did. That didn't. That didn't feel like something that was comforting and welcoming and no. positive. It felt like unsettling and creepy. And so that's why I say, like at the end, I hope she's not going back home. Um, no, I, I know she's been through a bloodbath. Claims that she deserves a different life, right? Like, so there's no mm. way she's going back home. No, I don't know where she's. She's going, learned but... that phrase from her father. Yeah, I will not accept a life I don't deserve. Yeah, so it's interesting. So I actually like. I kind of applaud her for like striking out on her own and. Yeah, the, this this particular situation has gone very awry, but um, but I don't I don't see this whole you know scene of violence and carnage. I don't see this whole thing as like a punishment for like sexually deviant behavior or anything like that. I think it's just like a thing that happens. Um, 
So I don't know, but I, 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 I like that touch personally, having that throughout the movie and then having that be her father at the end. Cause it's like, I did too. I did, it, it's, it's, it's I not like, it it's not like a safe, comfortable alternative to what she's just been through. It's also like kind of yeah. creepy and dark, dark in a way. So yeah, she'd rather drive away a survivor of a horrific homicide mm-hmm. than go back to that religious zealot sort of lifestyle that her dad had for her or whatever. I who, agree. Who knows what, what her house, life, her home life was. I agree. Um, but I, I didn't about- actually think she was going to crash the car, though, doing a bumper coke. I totally thought that's what was about to happen. Yeah. Well, it kind of would have like wrapped things up with a neat little bow. Yeah, like everybody right? dies. Like, everybody okay. dead. Everybody got taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Bobby Lynn's um, the moments before Bobby Lynn's death. You know, we were talking earlier about um, what's his name? Wayne and how he actually seems like a decent guy. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where Bobby Lynn is trying to take care of Pearl when she finds her down yeah. by the by the pond and she's like, like, oh, like oh. you're like my nana yeah she's like oh my goodness and she goes and runs her like puts her yeah. jacket around her or her blanket she's or whatever naked. around her yeah and she's like oh my nana gets confused sometimes and mm-hmm. I, I learned all about it so let's just get you inside and and she's like i don't need a nurse and calls her she calls her a whore and yeah like she was being genuinely nice to her and trying to help her and take it ma'am everybody was jackson was trying to help howard find his wife yeah and he's like don't worry mister don't worry pops yeah i'll do it you know know, you're a marine too you know what i mean i'll come out there and help you out like yeah like these people were just terrible like these people were just terrible yeah contrary to what we normally see a lot in slashes like the people that got killed were not horrible fucking people to be honest they weren't like they weren't all cooters or you know, like, yeah, RJ and Lorraine were sort of like blah, but like they still weren't like total dicks. Like RJ just, you know, he's fucking couldn't couldn't, you know, come to grips with his girlfriend banging fucking Jackson yeah. on film. Like, I mean, that's not worthy. That of was not something murder. he was prepared for. Not, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make he me like it very much, but it doesn't huh. make me want him to get killed. But so, yeah. So I like that Ty West kind of, um, you know, doesn't follow the usual morality system of a slasher. You know, he, he subverts that a little bit. And Maxine is, you know, she's a porn star and some would consider that immoral. I yeah. do not agree in the least, but some would consider that immoral. And, you know, normal horror movie logic or normal slasher logic would consider her to be like, you know, a prime candidate for getting murdered. But she's yeah. the survivor at the end. She's, she's not a virgin. You know, she's not the... The virginal survivor girl. So I, I like that he subverted. I that did kind of yeah. made up new rules. Yeah, she, and he humanized our killers too. She beat all the yeah. tropes though. Having sex, mm-hmm. um, drug use, drugs. doing drugs. Yeah. yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, there you go. And she was nice to Pearl in the very beginning. Oh, yeah, she was. I love the scene of Pearl just rubbing her in her sleep. So creepy. <laughs> But Pearl yeah. like sneaking around, like these old people sneaking around, and like just, after a while, I'm like, come on, yeah. Like you're not getting around that huge property that fast, hon. Like I don't know, I just thought yeah. it was funny. Like I kind of like in the end where like almost everybody's dead except for Maxine and what's her name, um, Lorraine, mm-hmm. and then like the old couple come shuffling up from the from the lake, like oh yeah, oh let's where's that last one? Where is she? And you know they're talking like an old couple would, like after a night out or whatever, mm-hmm. coming home, you know, like getting ready for bed. I'm gonna put my feet in some Epsom salt, and we'll get ready for bed. You know, Hyderberg's already preparing for his old yeah. age. He's halfway yeah. there already. <laughs> and but then they're tr- after they kill Lorraine, 
they're like dragging her body around. He's like, oh, she's heavier than she looks. I'm like, I don't know. If you can't have I sex, love, you can't yeah. have sex, but you can drag this body around. But I love that she's not dead and that's what kills him. Like now we yeah. figure out why where the body's alive. Like, oh, shit, here's the fucking the scene that they showed us in the beginning. That's the uh, he's the body who's sitting up as gross as this was that shot of above them when uh what's her name is crawling underneath the bed while they're having sex oh god it was actually a really good shot it just was gross you're just like well, this movie was made did you, really not, well. did you hear a word i said they're not no. gross we're not supposed to think they're gross they're we people with human needs and desires i can I, understand that's that. fine but john they were gross I'm with okay. you, bro. Yeah, they were gross. All right. Well, I hope so. Maybe that's why they weren't actually like older people. <laughs> no, because older people wouldn't want to necessarily probably do that on on camera. Maybe so it was easier to get younger actors to do they that want, scene. They want to watch Murder She Wrote. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good episode of Murder She Wrote followed by Columbo? <laughs> one the, more thing. And Just one gold, more thing. And the Golden Girls. <laughs> I love the Golden Girl. You well, you saw my Instagram post. Yes, I, did. I was watching that while doing my needlework. <laughs> see, I'm already see, I'm already Pearl. I'm basically Pearl. That's you're, you're I'm just already there. That's why I'm so defensive. And don't call her gross because I'm already I'm already an old lady. <laughs> I'm doing my needlework and watching the Golden Girls on a Friday night. And I did feel bad for Pearl. I kind of did. Yeah. But at the same time, I just can't, I don't know, like them as the killers and their motivations just sort of fell flat for me at some point. Like that was my main yeah. thing about this film was like, I wanted to like it more than I did. Right. Yeah. And then the ends are sort of was like, all right, it fell into mostly slasher tropes a little bit towards the end of just like, oh, the next kill after the next kill. Mac, And then I thought it brought it together in the very end, though, because I did think like Maxine getting away and her being the televangelist's daughter was interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of like up in the air about this film, like because there's a lot about it mm-hmm. I really like. And I mm-hmm. I feel like that about a lot of Ty West films, actually, because like there's moments of like the devil, the house of the devil. That's like sort of slow. It's a little bit of a slow burn. But when you take into account like his attention to detail and how he how he really does give you like a, a slice of of an error and a genre that he was influenced by as a filmmaker. And he does like his best to sort of make his own version of that. And that's how his films all seem to be. He's very good at that. Like, I'll give him that. Like this film definitely it's its own. It's new and old at the same time. You know what I mean? It's got that old vibe and new. And I do, I do think he's a great filmmaker. I just don't think, I feel like there's one movie that's coming down the line of his, that's going to be like, like his hereditary or like his best yeah. ever you know what i mean like he's gonna gel yeah. everything he's learned from all these films that almost nailed it and yeah. he's gonna nail it like 100 percent. you know like a like a house of thousand corpses you know like rob zombie <laughs> <laughs> that is his magnum like thir- his 31 it's gonna be like the best oh, ever well let's not get crazy oh, um okay well it sounds That's like we're we ready to rate it the rob zombie and yeah yeah we, we should have done it all right, let's let's go ahead and rate it. So, John, this was your pick. Why don't you go first and give us your rating? Uh, the acting was very decent. Um, God, I want to keep within the theme of this movie, and I'm going to give it a uh, sixty-nine point nine out of ten. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. Six point nine. Six point nine out of ten. 
alligators biting your head off. Now, contrary to okay. what you said, there's there's actually no 69ing that I'm aware of in this film. They didn't show it, at least on camera. I don't know if the scenes are filmed. Otherwise, I don't even know if 69s were a big thing in the 70s. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's I a would new think invention. in 1970. It was just it just the year after 69 that it was the hot that's when 69s fad, were invented, right? right? It could have been. Uh, anyway. All right. So John gives it 6.9. Seriously, you're, you're going to do 6.9? Do it, John. Go with it. Okay. 6.9. Not quite a seven. Alligator okay. biting your head off. Biting your head off. Okay. Hydroberg, go for it. All right. So for my pros, I like, I really love the 70s aesthetic in this film. I thought High West nails that. I think the gore is really well done. It's visceral, and there's parts of it that make you squirm a little bit as far as like how realistic some of it looks. And it's just in your face. It's not very like, I don't know. It's like, like when, when, uh, what's it, RJ gets stabbed in the neck. It, that shit looks real. And then like the repeated stabbings just, and they show it like it looks pretty real. Like that's, it's pretty, pretty horrific. I, I liked it. But the, the, the grossest thing was the fucking fornicating of elderly people. That was gross. So yeah, for me, that's, whew. The characters, I thought they were all pretty well written. And the actors and the actresses, I thought they delivered great performances, bringing their characters to life. Like, there's a couple of real hum- human scenes where, like, they, these characters seem like they've been together. They filmed a couple movies and the the new ones sort of fit along. And like I said, like, none of them are really shitty characters. Like, I like all of them, really. I, I the, the best parts of the film to me were the parts in the beginning where you're seeing them do their thing and, like, traveling together and, you know, discussing things and you know, riffing on each other. I, I liked it. Uh, I think the film has a great soundtrack and the score was really good. There's some great tracks from the time that are used to great effect. And the score was generally creepy when it needed to be in most parts. Uh, Ty West is a great director and he knows how to capture the feel and the error, like of the era of filmmaking that he's paying tribute to. And I think this film is an homage to 70 flicks a la Chainsaw Massacre. And it nails it, in my opinion, on that front. Um, cons, though. Like I said, I think the first half of the film is better than the second, in my opinion. And I just like I really enjoyed getting to know the characters. The film becomes a straightforward slasher in the end, basically, in my opinion. And I don't know. It's a little different because our antagonists are horny old people. But I don't feel like that's enough to really pull us through, like to make I don't know, to make it like that much of a rewarding story for me. Like, I think Pearl had something. uh something going for her, you know, in her relationship with Howard, uh, the backstory you don't know a lot about. And I'm not like dying to get into see Pearl, the prequel, just to find out about like why they killed people. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a little interested, but, um, I thought there was more of a paranormal, um, thing going on with these because of the trailer at least, but you know, I shouldn't let trailers affect how I feel about a film, but they do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to stay away from, um, I don't know. I, I just thought like at the end, like he does pay tribute to um, the genre and the era of the genre in a really good way. And I thought the ending kind of wraps it up in a nice way where I it lost me in the third act, but it had me in the beginning. And then at the very end, you know, it grabbed me again enough that I, I don't hate the film. I, I do enjoy it. And for that, I'm going to give Ty West's X. 7.5 out of 10 Harry Wang doodles. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say um, <laughs> alligators chomping on your head. <laughs> 7.5. Okay. There's a little, a little slip there. 
Yeah. Freudian slip. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Jacqueline, how about you? I mean, Hyderberg, it's as though you and I took the exact same notes. Mm. I mean, I think you and I had like the exact same opinions about all this. Um, I I couldn't agree with you more about really liking the characters and how you get the opportunity to get to know them. And those are some of my favorite moments in the movie, too, where they're traveling, like they stop at the, the little convenience store to get food and stuff. And they're chatting outside the van and then where they're sitting around in a circle after the first day of filming. and. Um, I love the scene where Bobby Lynn sings landslide. I know that some yeah. people thought that was corny. I, I guess like I could that. see how it's corny, but I think it, I think that first of all, it sounded pretty. And second of all, I think that it's like a thing people sitting around would do if one of them can Especially play the guitar the and one of them can sing. And, and third of all, like the, what the song landslide is about really encapsulates the theme of the movie. It's about getting older and it's like kind of, it's a little sad. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I really like that scene. And I also appreciated in that scene how Lorraine is sort of questioning them about what they're doing and how can you do this? Don't you believe in love? And how can you watch the person that you're with be with somebody else? And they really, they don't get mad, but they answer her questions. They're like, of course we believe in love. We're human beings. We just don't, we just don't have like hangups about set. It's just sex, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. And we're doing this like as professionals and they really kind of make a case for themselves. And those were like good answers. And, but that was also like really good dialogue. And I feel like Lorraine accepted that and kind of felt like she learned something from it and maybe changed her perspective a little bit, which is a, f- a refreshing thing to see ever, you know, person, getting to know somebody else's perspective and you know gaining a little understanding and maybe changing their opinion a little bit so I just thought that was good writing and good character development and um uh so I think I think the first half of the movie you know as I mentioned before there's moments where it's communicating to you this is a horror movie and there's something scary that's going to happen but um but for the most part it it works mostly as like setup and like a dramedy almost and I think that that part of it works really well as Heidelberg said when you get into the second half of the movie it's you know that's when it starts accelerating into the slasher territory and the that part like the following the slasher tropes and stuff I I don't think that that is like a problem I I, I like it going into that territory and as we discussed before i think most of the kills were pretty like surprising or gruesome and you know kind of shocking in some ways we all love the scene with rj getting stabbed in front of the headlights and the headlights get covered in blood and we're hearing don't fear the reaper and i mean he gets stabbed it's the rep- the repetitive repetitiveness of the stabbing to the point that like his head is basically detached from his body that's like really gross and like the sound of the knife going into his flesh over and over again that's that's disgusting and really um un- unsettling and um and then my other favorite moment was at the end when Maxine runs over Pearl and her head just gets like I mean it breaks open like a coconut and I mean, yeah. you see like pieces of it like flying away underneath the tires of the van I mean it's just so I mean that goes pretty far, I think. So like that part of it works for me, but the whole, 
the whole problem is that I just can't buy that motivation of the killers. I, I don't even mind the killers being elderly people. I just need them to have a better reason. Like yeah. if Pearl did have dementia and she was like hallucinating or believed that this was somebody else who had wronged her in the past. And that's why she's killing, you know, she believes that there's somebody else that would have worked or, you know, that's just off the top of my head. I know it's not great, but, um, but the sexual rejection, it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. So as, as a, I think it's a good movie and it's entertaining to watch and all the good things that Hyderberg talked about with the soundtrack and the score and the creative cinematography, like those little back and forth rapid cuts between mm-hmm. two different scenes that are taking place. Really interesting. There's a couple of little like where it's like a split screen and then the like dividing bar kind of like slides over and yeah. it feels very retro. There were little touches like that that I that I loved. And Hyderberg, I think you're totally right about Ty West. He has like a for each of his films, he has like a vision for it and oftentimes it's like melding past and present and he he's so detail oriented that he is really good at sort of creating this this very specific feel and mood and I think that's done great but it just doesn't totally work for me as a horror film mm-hmm. because of that one major problem so I think it's good but it's not as great as I wanted it to be it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it, but it just didn't totally work for me as a horror film. So I'm going to give it seven out of 10 alligators biting your head off. No, oh, because you could give it a 6.9 if you wanted to. 69. I, no, I'm good. I'm good we're pretty much on the same page here. I feel like we're, yeah, I gave it a 7.5. It's close. Yeah. So I, I feel okay with that. If, if we had the exact same opinion and we were like three points apart, though, I'd be like, what happened here? But I, I, I feel like that's... I definitely felt like my score could have dropped or raised a little bit based on this discussion. I wasn't sure how the discussion would go because that happens sometimes. Yeah, but, that happens to me a lot. Yeah. Because I did I did so, really enjoy... The, I've watched the film twice and it's a... Like, I just... Like, that opening scene, I think that opening scene is some great cinematography. I just love that creepy slow pan of seeing the house and then just seeing the cop cars pull up and then seeing an expanded view of the house and the stoop. And then you see like, Oh, some shit happened here. And I just love the, the slow like progression of it. I think Ty West is a great director. And I was actually just thinking something while you were viewing it. What if him and Rob zombie like collaborated together? Oh, God. No, I'm si- I'm dead serious. Like this guy keeps Rob Zombie's writing on track because he's a good writer, right? And he understands genres and, and errors of genres that Rob Zombie is obviously influenced by, like Texas Chainsaw and stuff like that. Ty West and him, and they're both pretty good directors. They both can nail a shot. If they work together as writing partners or like directing partners, they can make a cool film together, I think. So, like, so, an, like a period Ty, sort of film. Ty writes it, Rob directs it. Well, I was going to say that, but then you're taking Ty West out of he's a good director, too. Sure. But I mean, we keep coming up with ideas over the months of like people Rob Zombie Zombie could work with um, that he could write and somebody else could I mean, somebody (laughs) else could write and he could direct. And like those are good ideas. I just don't think they would ever happen because I I think I don't think Rob I think Rob just wants to like direct. I think if we get him on the cast and we sit him down and say, Rob, listen, Rob, can I call you Rob? Rob. (laughs) Mr. Z, let me <laughs> seriously. Yeah, if we have an intervention and talking yeah. about like I want to like you a lot more than you're writing. Do. You know, and granted, the monsters is, just... is yeah, the monsters is going to get an Oscar. Obviously, this is post monsters. <laughs> <I mean, you, laughs> 
We've eaten crow by then. We, we all love you. That, like, yeah, he's written <laughs> and directed the best homage to the monsters that's ever been put on celluloid. It's going to get best picture. But uh, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I just think that's in like a universe that doesn't exist. Right. You guys want to hear some trivia? Please. Yeah. Nail it. All right. Please. Just a, There's just a few that I think are worth mentioning. Um, so the name of the gas station in Mini Mart at the beginning is a direct reference to The Innkeepers, one of Ty West's other films, oh, which was cool. set at the Yankee Love Peddler that. Inn. Oh, it wasn't so. called Pussy Liquors? Nope. <laughs> that's Rob Zombie. <laughs> uh, this was the fifth horror movie for Mia Goth following A Cure for Wellness which I love Marrowbone which I've never heard of Suspiria That's... which we may or may not cover later mm. and High Life which I've never heard of so there you go you guys look really impressed <laughs> I-, I think I've seen High Life is it a horror movie? sounds like a drug know. movie Is uh, yeah I'm wondering if that, no I'm trying to remember the movie I saw a sci- science fiction film and I'm trying to remember if mm. that was the film I'm thinking of. Who else was in High Life? Did they say? No. Okay. I mean, I could Google it, or but I. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, several of the ca- Sarah, blech. several of the characters' deaths are foreshadowed in various ways. I already mentioned the thing about Bobby Lynn, and there's a mural with a alligator. Um, it says pulling off her bikini, like a woman's bikini, in the picture. Uh, Wayne, in conversation with RJ, tells him that people's eyes are going to pop out of their skulls when they see the adult film they've made. Oh, yeah, he does. Wayne's eyes get popped out of his skull. Um, Jackson mentioned several times that he was threatened by farmers with guns while serving Mm -hmm. in Vietnam, and he's ultimately killed by Howard with a shotgun. So, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, I mentioned Psycho earlier. Uh, Lorraine references Psycho during a conversation about, like, changing the course of the story halfway through, and RJ's like, well, that's not the kind of movie I'm making. So later, Jackson discovers a partially submerged car in the pond. Oh, yeah. The, just the... like when Norman Bates is trying to get Marion's car to go go down in the... Ah, the, the Volkswagen. Was it the same kind of car? No. 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 Oh, that would have been really, really cool. Yep. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? It's been a long time since I've seen Psycho. Oh, have you listened to the Spoils of Horror episode on it? I haven't. Oh, my God. Please go listen. That was the first episode I ever listened to of theirs. And I was folding laundry while I was listening to it. And I had to, like, put down my laundry and stop because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. It was just it was so funny. Um, So I don't know. Like, I don't know if you need to go watch the movie again before listening to it. But I I mean, you should watch the movie again anyway, because it's good. But uh, let's see. I gotta listen to about... their Reptilicus uh, episode. Actually, we love Stephen and Leo. They're they're so great, and I, I love their show. It's it's one of my my top three favorites for sure. John, there's actually a there's a vicious rumor out there that you want to have uh, Leo's uh, love child. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. <laughs> we do love Leo though, and we love Stephen. So hopefully we'll have them back on the show at some point. But anyway, that's the end of my trivia. So that's it. Whose pick is it next? Oh, week? wait, there's no trivia about whether that was Kid Cudi's wiener or not. IMDb did not specify. I'm really curious. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Google has the answer. Do you want to <laughs> have some, do you want to have some dead air while I Google it? And no, search no, for no, it? No. Okay. John doesn't look thrilled to know whether that was Kid Cudi's penis or not. I don't care. 
let's just let's just assume that it is. Isn't life a hey. little better if we just if we just believe Good that story? <laughs> All right. So I guess it's I guess it's my pick next. We got a little we got a little mixed up with um, oh my God. delays and switches and stuff um, in weeks past, but it looks like next week is my pick again. It is. already. Yeah, it's the day before the summer sol- solstice, and we will be watching Midsummer. Yes. Midsummer. yes. Excited? Get excited. Ooh. Oh yeah, I already watched it. Director's cut, baby. I know you're ahead of the game, man. I am. I have most of my notes ready already. Awesome. Jacqueline, how about you? A student. I have not revisited it yet, but I have purchased and just received the director's cut from A24. We're we're not going to specifically like John, you're like, you're going to watch the regular cut, right? I am. Okay. So we're not going to like specifically say we're reviewing the director's cut, but we can talk about both versions next week. This is only my second time seeing the film too. I can't really tell you what's extra. Yeah. To be honest, because I don't remember seeing my first viewing was just in the theater and that that was it. Like I walked out and that was it. You know what I mean? So can I spoil this? Hold on. Let me spoil this by saying that that Ari Aster has put the best actors and actresses in his movies that have not received Oscars. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say that you delivers quite a performance in this movie, but without giving anything away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Quite like Tony Collette. Collette. Correct. Couldn't agree more. But yeah, so well, we can discuss both versions and I already know that there's like articles online and stuff that you can find that tell you like what the extra footage contains. And so okay. we can talk about how much that matters. Yeah, we can, sure. You know, highlight that stuff and talk about, well, does this matter? Do we care that it's in? Should it have stayed out? Whatever. So we're not we're not specifically reviewing one version of the other. So those of you listening, you can watch whatever version you want. We'll talk about both. Right. I think it's good, though, because um, we'll be able to bring both sides to the table. without just picking one or the other so we can kind of talk about the differences i like that yeah yeah definitely while we're on the topic just randomly do we know about what ari aster's upcoming next what his next upcoming film is going to be it's supposed to be really long yeah disappointment boulevard or something like that it's called oh yeah do we know the premise or anything i don't know enough about it to be honest i haven't looked it up you put me on the spot i kind of don't want to think about it yeah i don't know but it's supposed to be long i'm very curious and and eager for whatever he dishes up next so he's a very um, interesting man he is i get the feeling he's maybe been through a lot of his life well i've seen some of him on the um the history of horror with eli loroth he's one of the um the guests that have come on and talked about some films yeah oh okay interesting yeah he has some interesting um perspective on on some horror and he talks about his own films too because they do mention his films did you guys see the short uh that he did called there's something about the jacksons i I haven't yet and i heard it's really oh my god like unsettling it is i don't want to see it because i know what it's about and it's it's on youtube i don't really all right i gotta watch it it. i'm gonna watch it by next week Um, i've heard enough about it that i know i don't want to watch it so yeah yeah all right. Well, on that positive Enough. note, like everybody go watch Midsummer. <laughs> hey. And in the meantime, you if you want to email oh. us and add your thoughts about X or preemptively share your thoughts about 
midsummer and we can maybe read those on next week's show and talk about that uh feel free to email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter at cut above horror uh you can follow us on instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review also shout out real quick to an instagram page my little slice of hell network um he just hit us up uh william i believe um he hit us up recently in an email just, you know, he's the guy that does our promos on Instagram every week, like every Monday. He just goes out of his own, on his own and makes a promo for us because he's just a big fan of us. We don't give him anything. He doesn't we don't ask him to. He makes some sweet, sweet promos, too. He does. And I just want to give him a shout out because he's got a great page. So go check it out on Instagram. That's my little slice of horror of hell. Sorry. Network. He changed his name recently, so. I forgot it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm sorry. I missed I missed the email, but you're right. I, I see. It yeah, no, I responded. to. Ago. I meant to tell you that I responded to it. Thanks. But uh, I want to have him on the show one day. Yeah, he's great. He's been really uh, a great source of support and uh, promotion yeah. for us. We appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah, he goes out of his way. So shout out. Super to nice. Super William. Nice. Is that his name? Yeah. Or the Black Butcher. <laughs> as he likes to be called. Uh, a cut above colon or a review. Uh, go follow us on Facebook. I, I want to say thank you to everybody that has given us the positive reviews on uh, Instagram and Facebook or uh, uh, iTunes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So and Spotify. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for the, the great ratings. We love that. It helps us get found easier. Yep. So thank you. And we we're so seeing growth every- because of it. Thank you guys. We definitely are. I'm I'm super grateful for this. You know, that just started out as kind of like a little ragtag project that we that we started up. 50 and... episodes, guys. We didn't even really acknowledge that. 50 oh, episodes. yeah. This is our 50th is episode. 50. Oh, my 50 God. Episodes. Oh. Huzzah. <laughs> Two away yeah, from 50. a year. I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Gun show. <laughs> oh, yeah. John, I'm going to work out like double time this week just to get my guns right for the, ne- for the 52nd episode. I'm going <laughs> to I might go shirtless 52nd. <laughs> fuck it oh my god Huzzah. <laughs> anyway uh so yeah everybody go watch midsummer i believe it's available for rent on amazon prime i'm not sure where else i don't think the director's cut is available to rent i think that's an only i don't think it is either yeah, i think so. you can only order that straight from a24 and it's, it's, it's sweet, exorbitant sweet i'm not gonna lie it's expensive it's 45 it's not that bad it's a h you're getting a 4k movie you got yeah, the 4k version no, because I don't have a 4K player. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just got the standard Blu-ray. I got you. Oh, Hyderberg has like lost. I'm a resolution <laughs> snob, so. No, I mean, it's, it's I fine. know you are. You've told us before. But, God, I don't know how um, much longer I can do this podcast with her. She's, just, she's got the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, standard Blu-ray. Like, how Holy quaint. Crap. DVD, don't what even a, get started. What a bumpkin. Are you from the ghetto? Oh, no, cheese and crackers, okay? Cheese and crackers. <laughs> Nah. All right. Anyway, so everybody go watch Midsummer. Meet us back here next week. We'll review it for episode 51, Midsummer. Thanks, guys, for a great podcast, and we'll see you next week. And don't forget to keep it pervy and creepy. <laughs> <laughs>